This is the Life Church Podcast. Well, like I said, we are in the series Peeled. And we need to, uh, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, as uh, Issa just said. And we're going to be talking about joy today. How many would like a little bit more joy in their life? Wow, an overwhelming, what is, I must have hit a chord. Joy is so important in our life. And yet, it is so easy, it seems like, to be missed and be sucked out of our life. I think many people see joy uh, and happiness as synonyms, but let me just give you a couple of quick distinctions between the two. Um, Happiness is a word that comes from the word happenstance or happenings. A surprise occasion that brings us pleasure. Happiness is based on external things like people, places, thoughts, events. We buy some things, right? We buy an electronic device that uh, I have been wanting, and it brings me happiness. We go on a vacation, and we get a little bump of happiness. How many have ever had a chance to go to a theme park? Uh, Disneyland, Adventure World, Adventureland, whatever that is called. When you go, you are excited. There's thrills. There's things in that are happening that just, they make you happy. I've, I've had the chance to go to Disneyland and Disney World, and man, that is. It feels like the happiest place on earth. It's so fun. But as soon as you leave, it's like reality hits, and you're going back to the normal. You want to go back in because that's where the happy place is. You don't want to leave. It's very temporary. Joy, however, is a choice. We choose joy. Joy has an eternal perspective. And joy is not rooted in our circumstances. Let me repeat that. Joy has an eternal perspective. And joy is not rooted in our circumstances. So you may be asking, so what is joy? Well, I actually made a typo here. Go ahead and pull that up, Ryan. Uh, This quote here for joy is not by Karen Warren. It's by Kay Warren. As I was typing it out, I just Warren R. Karen anyway. So happened, this last service, somebody came up to me and he goes, hey, we're from Southern California, from uh, Saddleback Church, (laughs) where Kay Warren is the uh, lead pastor's wife. And they corrected me. So, I'm just letting you know, my bad. Anyway, here's the quote, as you can read. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail of my life. It is the quiet confidence that ultimately everything will be all right. And joy is the determined choice to praise God in all things. K. Warren. But how many of you know that this joy that's inside of us will be tested? It may be external. It may be an internal battle, but we will be tested. How many of you have ever felt tension? Especially on a Sunday morning. You're getting ready for church. Parents, don't raise your hands, but how many have just imagined? You're just imagining we're not actually talking about 
real life here. We're just hypothetically thinking about imagining gently and lovingly grabbing your child and through gritted teeth saying, brush your hair, finish your breakfast, make your bed, get in the car. We have got to get to church. Pastor Rich has a beautiful message on love. We need to hear about the love of Jesus. Doesn't always go so smooth. External forces are changing our perspective. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm pretty gonna be, I'm gonna be pretty honest all morning, just so you know, but I usually follow it up with, I'm gonna be honest. How many, now you have to be honest too, okay? If I'm gonna be honest, you have to be honest. How many deal with being hangry? H, hangry, H-A-N-G-E-R, or G-R-Y. I'm not a uh, great speller, as you can tell. (laughs) Holy cow. I'm one of those that gets irritable, and if my wife was in here, which she may be serving, she would attest to this. There's something, there's an irritation when, you know, I'm hungry. For some reason, this region affects this region, and I, and I can't, I can't control, but for some reason, I just, I'm blinded by it. So other of you may feel that as well. Well, I just need to take you back here. Uh, a few years ago, we were finishing up service over here at the Coralville Rec Center, we were finished, loaded up, so we went, uh, my wife and I were going home, and on the way home, we decided to stop by the drive-thru and get some food on the way home. Now, we ordered something super healthy that, you know, kind of, you know, follows a Biggie Coke and a Biggie Fry and a Biggie Hamburger and Biggie Fries. Those were all back then, 13 years ago, super healthy. I don't really know what it is today. Everything was going well. Everything was going super smooth until I turned a corner. And then everything that was inside the bag and inside the cup decided to fall into my lap and in the car. Now, what happened at that moment, it was a blur. So I actually had to ask Anna this week. I'm like, what happened in that moment? Do you remember that? Of course, she uh, immediately said, of course, I remember that moment. Something took over and I'm still to this day surprised by it. I raised up my voice, yelled this anger, just came out of me. I slammed my fist on the steering wheel, yelled, and threw what was left of the fries to the back window of the SUV. Anna, and if you know my wife, she's small. I look over after just trying to get a couple breaths to, you know, calm myself down. I see her plastered against the side of the, of the door, her eyes as big as saucers. She had never seen me this angry in our, in our marriage. We had been married maybe two or three years. And I don't even know that I had ever expressed that like that before. Something came over me. She's ne- and I'll never forget these words. She looked at me and she said, who are you? <laughs> so I was talking, telling somebody this this week, and they're like, they, they started the question out, 
Who are you? How many have ever got that question? Who are you? I don't know. I don't know who I was. But talk about something external impacting me in such a crazy way. We can't depend on joy in and of ourselves, but we're looking for the joy that only Jesus can give. So I'm going to just share with you a few, few verses that uh, talk about the joy that Jesus gives. And, and in Nehemiah here in 8.10, he says, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. The Lord's joy. Jesus promises to give his joy in John 15. He says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great joy to the Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Well, how do we remain in his love? Jesus tells us here in verse 10, when you obey my commandments, you remain remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy, your joy, my joy will overflow. Paul challenges us to rejoice always. In Philippians 4, he says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Now let's stop here for a moment and ask, how does Paul have this authority and has this posture to say always be full of joy? Because if you've read any of the New Testament, you know Paul has gone through some stuff. So I need to take you back to Acts 16, where, if you remember, Paul and Silas were in Philippi. So I want you to remember that. Bookmark that in your mind. Philippi, okay? The city of Philippi. They were on their way to pray. They had done this several days in a row as they they entered the city. But one day, they met this slave girl who had an evil spirit. And what she had was the ability with this evil spirit to tell the future, So this slave girl's owner was making lots of money on her because she could go and tell somebody's future, raking it in. But what she was doing as Paul and Silas walked their way to go to this, uh, to go pray, she began taunting Paul and Silas saying, oh, looky there, there's Paul and Silas. They're going to tell you how to be saved. Day after day, this happened. So Paul had enough. He looked at that girl and he says, in Jesus' name, that evil spirit come out and that demon and immediately went away. So as you can imagine, the slave owner, he wasn't too happy. He was actually, he's very angry. He went to the authorities and told on Paul and Silas. So the authorities arrested Paul because what they were doing was illegal. The Romans weren't allowed to practice in that way. So they arrested Paul. They stripped him. They stripped him bare. They beat him severely, the Bible says. The city was in an uproar. And finally, they threw him in a dungeon. Stripped of their clothes, severely beaten, and thrown in prison. How would your spirit be after all of that's been done to you? Of course, you were doing it in the name of Jesus. Well, let's pick it up here in verse 25 of Acts. Around midnight, here it goes, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Paul and Silas were singing hymns and praise 
to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Now, if you haven't read the story, I'd encourage you to go back, finish the story out, because it's amazing to see what God does with that. But the point I'm trying to make is that Paul and Silas had every reason not to want to continue They had no reason to be joyful. They had no reason to be positive. They had every reason to be sad and and disgruntled because of what had happened to them. So I wanted you to take this in and look at the context. With that context in mind, hear the significance of Paul's words that we just read. Philippians 4 says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. You see, Paul is in another prison writing to the Philippians. Remember when I told you to remember Philippi? You see, the Philippians, I bet they knew Paul's history. They were, most of them were probably there when they heard about it. The Bible says the city was in an uproar. Well, if the city was in an uproar, they probably heard about Paul and Silas. So they had this in mind when they're reading this letter from Paul. And so if Paul, through going through all of that, can say what he had, uh, can say about, uh, talk about his joy like this, then what, why couldn't they, in their own circumstances that probably didn't include beating and, and imprisonment, why couldn't they walk out this joy? They were beaten. The chains were put on. And yet, they began to sing songs. What gave them this ability to do this? They were walking in the spirit, which is t- in turn produces the fruit of the spirit of joy. Despite their difficult circumstances, the joy was inside. No matter what external circumstances, no matter what pain, no matter what struggle, they leaned on the joy that only Jesus can give. So what can we learn from Paul about having just Joy, despite the difficulties and the circumstances of our life. Well, I believe the first thing is keep an eternal perspective. Verse 5 in Philippians says this, Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. You see, Paul reminds Christians that the Lord is near. Christians should laugh harder and love stronger than anyone else. After all, the Christians know that their past has been forgiven. Their future is set. Their lives should be marked by joy. Because Paul was looking ahead to a city whose builder and maker is God, he could walk through the challenges of life with joy. I don't know how many of you, I'm sure this has happened to you, but I've met and seen uh, some mature believers Mature believers that never smile. There is nothing on the inside that's pouring out and it's not happening on their face. You know some of these people. You've seen them. In fact, I've got a few pictures here to show you. Look, look, what's in common? There's no smiles. You've seen these people. 
Bless God. I love Jesus. We need to send a missionary to your face because your face hasn't received the good news. We, as Christians, we have that joy that God speaks of. The laughter, the joy, the singing, all of that is ours. Those should be givens. If, if, that's, if that's what Christians are offering, no wonder the world says, nah, I'm happy. I'm happy where I'm at. If that's what Christian looks like, deuces, I'm out. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to, uh, to be in a, uh, a conference where Tony Shea, the, uh, the CEO of Zappos, was speaking. He was talking about the culture uh, the the, the uh, employee and customer culture that Zappos encourages. Now, this is many years ago, and it's changed, I know, if you follow uh, Tony Shea. But um, I was intrigued by their hiring process. They, he briefly shared about their hiring process, and this is what struck me. They send a hiring manager to pick up the candidates that fly into the airport in Las Vegas. So... Unbeknownst to the candidate, the interview starts when they get in the car. It's not a chauffeur service, and they think it may be Uber or it could be just, you know, a hired-up car service, but it's an actual manager that has begun the hiring process. So, here's what's interesting. The first, first and foremost disqualifier of, of you moving on to the next phase is if you smile or not. If you treat the driver... In a, in a certain way, or if you do not smile, you are immediately disqualified. They don't even get to the building, and they turn you right around and go back to the airport. Me too. I was like, dang, that's rough. Maybe you just had a bad day, a rough flight. I mean, no. How you treated someone that you didn't know depended on that qualification. Let me just pose a question. What if God had a qualifier for us? What if he said, you have to smile. That qualifies you as a Christian. Sadly, I think we would lose a lot of our Christian folk. Smiling, laughter, joy, these should all be a part of our life because we, we, us, you, me, we have the hope that only comes from Jesus. Secondly, replace worry with thankfulness. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I am not, I was I was not a worrier growing up. I didn't really, I mean, there's times I've had worry and all that, but I, was, I didn't have that gene. It's just not a normal thing for me. But a few weeks ago, last month, Anna uh, went on her first cruise, first cruise that she's ever been on. Uh, it was a 10-day cruise, and I knew that until she got to the uh, port destinations, I wouldn't be able to talk to her because they don't have cell service in the ocean. 
I don't know why. You, you, you think that they would, you know, pop up a cell in the middle of the ocean, call it good. Well, it doesn't work that way. So, first day comes, nothing. Second day, nothing. Third day, nothing. I had not heard from my wife, who was supposed to be at a port by now. So I get this text from another husband that was, his wife had gone on the trip, and he says, have you heard from Anna? I said, no. Have you heard from your wife? No. A few hours later, he sends me this image to my phone. This is Hurricane Bud. For some reason, Bud does not do anything for me to get me all riled up. Hurricane, however, does. Hurricane Bud. Cabo San Lucas was one of the ports that Anna was supposed to go to. Puerto Vallarta was one of the ports that Anna was supposed to go to. I was a little concerned because I hadn't heard from her, but not until I saw this image, worry started to set in. There was nothing, not one thing I could do about the outcome of this circumstance except for pray. And I'm going to be honest with you. There it is. Prefaced it. I feel like my prayer was shrouded with worry. It was just, I was praying. I was doing what I was supposed to do. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I was doing what Paul was telling me to do. But it's still, I can feel it. Feeling something that you normally don't feel. You know that. It's something you've never experienced. You're like, what is that? For me, it was that worry. Day number four, nothing. Day number five, morning. We're still texting back and forth. All the husbands are on this loop. Zero contact on day number five until the evening. We got a text. We're all okay. The ship had taken, they, they went out further deeper into the ocean to get away from the brunt of the storm. How many know there are circumstances in your life that you cannot control? And as I was preparing for this message, it was just a reminder. My worry wasn't going to add to helping her get home or knowing what she was going on. That was nothing. It was just, all it was was impacting me. Impacting the way I could relate to people and connect, emotions. Paul is saying that Instead of carrying that load and that weight, pray about it. Tell God what you need. Let him carry that and thank him for all he has done. Paul challenged the church at Philippi not to lose their joy by getting caught up in these daily worries. So let me ask you, because I know I've talked to some of you, what keeps you up at night? What are you worried about? What's causing this anxiety in your life? Why are you sleepless? What is weighing you down so much that you can't find joy? 
I think if we're serious about walking in the spirit, then we also need to remove any woe is me attitudes. This, because you know the end of the story. There's no surprise. God has clearly pointed out, you know the end. You know the verdict. You shouldn't be overly concerned at all. But we are. God can give you his peace, which leads to his joy. And when you take your problems and worries to him, there is a freedom through prayer. There is a release through prayer. Number three, think on the positive instead of the negative. How many can get stuck into this negative? You know, we have friends and family, and they're just negative all the time. Negative, negative, negative. There's no joy in their life. Well, verse 8 here says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Years ago, uh, my, my buddy Brian, who we were best friends in, in uh, Bible college and uh, roommates, in fact, uh, he won this trip to the Bahamas. And so he, inv- he, he had two tickets or whatever it is, two un- you know, all expenses paid kind of thing. And I'm just like, I mean, who gets that, right? I don't, I mean, my buddy did, not me, my buddy did. But he invited me along, which is before, obviously, we were married and all that. And uh, so I flew down to Florida, and we spent a couple days there in Bradenton, and then we drove over to Miami where we took a boat to the Bahamas. We spent a few more days just experiencing the Bahamas and their food, and uh, have you ever had conch? Anyone had conch? Oh, it's so good. I'm just, there's conch fritters and conch salad, and there's barbecue conch, and there's, you know, all kinds of conch. But anyway, uh, reel it in, reel it in. Uh, I've got food on the brain. How many got food on the brain? <laughs> we, were over, we were at dinner, and uh, Brian leans over the table, and he just, he said something that basically blindsided me. He made this comment. He goes, you have been negative this whole trip. How many like to hear that? <laughs> that didn't sit very well with me. And I, of course, I riled up. I'm like, what do you mean I've been negative? You've been negative. I didn't say, you know, he's pointing out all these examples of things that happened. We took a a snorkeling trip and we took a kayaking thing and we did all this. And he's like, everything, nothing was satisfying you. Everything was negative. You've not enjoyed one one minute of this vacation. And as we began to dialogue, I realized he was right. You see, the season and time that I was in, just in those, that, that of life, I was, I was dealing with just stress. I was in a transition between positions and things weren't going my way. I had pressure from all sides and I let that affect me. And it was coming out in this negative vomit. I mean, sorry, but it was. It was just the stuff that was coming out of my mouth. My mouth was just negative. And he called me out. Friends, family, counselors, pastors, these people are going to identify some things in you that you don't see. Brian called that blind spot out in me. So maybe you should ask yourself, if you're friendless, if you feel isolated, 
what are you, what's coming out of you? What negativity is coming out of you? Are you thinking on what Paul says on the positive, on these things that are true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable? Are you thinking on these things? When we expose ourselves to negative influences, we are basically watering weeds instead of seeds. Pastor Rich spoke about this the first week of the series. You shouldn't be surprised when joy seems to be waning in your own life after you've surrounded yourself with joylessness. Joylessness. Colossians 3 says this, instead, set your mind on things above, not on these earthly things. Next, be content in all circumstances. In verse 11, Paul says this, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. How many are content with what they have? Yeah? Yes. We have to work at that, right? I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ. Or some translations say, I can do all things through Christ. Even so, you have done well to share with me in every, in my present difficulty. A joyless person thinks he will only be happy if the circumstances line up just so and they work perfectly. Paul challenged Christians to be content and adjust to whatever may come their way. Hear this. It's a reliance on and it's a trust in Christ that brings the joy in all situations. So what do we learn from Paul? As I conclude here, first, keep an internal perspective. Replace worry with thankfulness. Think on the positive instead of the negative. Be content in all circumstances. Those are all things that are very difficult. Those are not easy to do. But Paul lays those things out. This is what we're learning from a man who was beaten, (laughs) imprisoned numerous times. In all things. Paul teaches us that despite the circumstances, we can walk through life with joy. By walking in the Spirit, God will produce joy, His joy in us. Why don't you take a look at this video? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. Come on. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. I'm happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. Why is it that a six-year-old can be so joy-filled? Do you see care in her eyes? Do you see a lack of security or safety in her eyes? She is carefree. Why? Because she has a father and a mother that takes care of every one of her needs. 
how can we walk around? Have we forgotten that we are children of the king? Our father up in heaven has given us every freedom. He has given us his joy. He has given us his love, as we talked about. We talked about peace. We've talked about uh, patience. We've talked about his love. He's given all of that freely to us. And yet we carry things that we are never supposed to carry. How dare we? How dare we? We carry these things, these monkeys, these weights, as Tony was praying, these burdens. This imagery of these chains, these shackles on Paul and Silas. Can you see it? They couldn't go anywhere until what? They began to pray and sing. There was a freedom. The foundation shook. And they were set free. I'm feeling that there's somebody in here, maybe most of you, they're carrying these burdens that are sucking the life out of you. Day in and day out, you're carrying these things that you were never meant to carry. And God is saying today, freedom. Freedom. We are children of the Most High King. We have the security to know that everything in our life, every nook and cranny, every piece of our heart, is in him. Every concern, every weight, every burden. The wise man built his house on the rock and when the storms came, the house stood. Our security and our hope is in him. And I have to ask you this because We live in a time of confusion. We live in a time where our leaders speak one thing and do another, and it's confusing. Are you in fear of the future? Are you consumed with the worry that so much so that you've paralyzed? You're paralyzed and you can't move forward. Do you find yourself consumed by the negative? I've all but given up on social media. <laughs> I get on because I have to give an update or do something for the church, but man, personally, there's just too much stuff that consumes you and consumes our thoughts. We get trapped in whatever people are doing. What if I miss out? Has bitterness, I'm speaking to somebody here, and resentment taken over your life? that has completely removed your joy because of something that somebody said, something that somebody did that has taken you. Taken your joy. The invitation is simple today. We need to walk in step with the Spirit. We have to trust Him with every detail of our life. Do you realize He cares about the small stuff? Every detail, every thought, 
every desire, every dream, He cares for you. And He knows it before you thought of it. Think on what is good. Think on what is pleasant and pure and admirable. Don't leave this place with the weight and the burdens that we want to put on ourselves. He has given you that freedom today. Joy, joy, joy down in my heart is possible. Joy is possible for you today. The service is not quite done. I just, I want to say this. Our prayer teams are going to be on the side. Please don't leave here carrying something that you were no longer, you were never created to carry. We're going to, Tony's going to, we're going to enter into a song and Tony's going to lead us. And I just want you to know that we need partners. Our prayer team is here to pray with you. Please don't leave that. And if you're looking for something to walk, uh, help walk you through this and, uh, you know, scriptures on, on how to live a joy-filled life, we've helped you. Follow us on our Facebook page at Life Church IA, And we have a summer reading plan that follows along with all of our messages. If you're struggling to find joy and, and, and you haven't taken notes today, follow those scriptures along with us. It'll encourage your heart. Will you stand with us? Father, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful for your joy. God, it's the joy that only you can give. It's the joy that comes from your spirit and your son. God, help us to see the things, the, the, the blind spots in our own life. Help us to get away from the negative. Help us to get away from those things and those people who constantly bring us down. God, let us realize that the external things are, 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 are trying to remove, God, only what you can give. And God, it's by our choice, by us choosing you and us choosing joy that we can overcome all that is coming against us through our circumstances, through our, our struggle, God, you give us pure joy. Joy is possible today, and it's only through you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. This is the Life Church Podcast.